0: Thank you guys for being here. So if you're curious like me, you already like pilfered through the papers on the table. Besides the um, music, there's a packet that just has a bunch of scripture listed, and you're going to need that later. You don't really need to look at it now. And then there is a paper that is not scripture it says trisha's recommended resources for changing your soundtrack to truth a long title for just ideas so if you want to screenshot that or take a picture of it or throw it in your purse whatever it's there for you if you want it i'm really grateful for the opportunity to share tonight it's kind of hilarious because i'm a little bit anxious about speaking about anxiety it's not i'm like oh yeah sure give me this topic (laughs) topic I'm probably not normally a super anxious person, but there are definitely things that um, get me going. And um, so when they asked, when I think Arlene or Pam, somebody asked me, and I was like, oh, like I thought of all the good reasons why I don't have time to do this. You know, like I'm homeschooling four kids and um, I host home fellowship group and it doesn't feel like my natural giftings. So I talked to Steve, and usually when he thinks I'm in over my head, he has this look he gives me, like, are you nuts? Like, why would you sign up to do that thing on top of all the other things? But he didn't give me the look. So <laughs> <clears throat> so then I, he left me to decide. So I thought, oh, of course, I will talk to Rach. We will figure this out. She'll help me process, because uh, she's a great friend like that and she heard me out and she agreed with all of my good reasons why I I don't need another thing I mean I didn't even put I teach Sunday school come on I could come up with more good reasons why I'm too busy um but she made a comment that got stuck in my mind and she said well Trish shouldn't shouldn't any of us who are walking with the Lord be able to share a devotional at at one of these things like can't we all share from God's word and I was like oh (laughs) you got me there you are totally right so um Thanks, Rage. The Lord used you there. So I realized that I need to be here. And God has been kind to carry me to deepen my faith and to um, help me fight anxiety. I need to believe God and walk in faithfulness to Him. And so that's why I'm here tonight. I also wanted to thank the women's team for trusting me with this because it's been a really sweet journey. Like just thinking about anxiety and where the lord has brought me from i mean there are things that i that used to bring great fear to my life that that like this last week i thought of and i was like oh my gosh i haven't thought of that for decades like that has not been any a thing that i that i struggle with worrying about anymore and so it has been really a sweet a sweet thing here explain the handouts okay i want to pray now and then we'll get in (laughs) to what we're doing father god um i just come before you because you are holy you do all things well um lord i just thank you for the gift of goodness and love that you have been working out since the very beginning of time lord thank you for sending your son jesus thank you for the opportunity to give him glory tonight lord uh may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight because you are my rock and my redeemer jesus name amen so what is anxiety as if we all need a definition right i don't think any of us need a definition because we all know what it's like so but technically the modern definition is the mind and body's reaction to stressful, dangerous, or unfamiliar situations. It's a sense of uneasiness, it's distress or dread you feel because of a significant event. A certain level of anxiety helps us to stay alert and aware, like in an emergency situation, right? Or when your children are close to the street, your small children. Um, But for those suffering from an anxiety disorder, it feels far from normal and it can be completely debilitating. So the question is, is it a mental health diagnosis? Is it a heart issue? Is it sin? Our culture wants to diagnose and label and excuse everything, I feel like these days. Like, oh, uh, you know, like I have an eye twitch, so that means something. You know what I mean? Just everything that we as humans suffer with. And I know that we all suffer from in varying degrees, right? There's a lot that goes on. But we all know the anxious feeling... When it takes over, none of us are immune to it, right? Like, everybody's got something they're worried about. It's when the worried thoughts become deep-seated and take over our thought patterns, our emotions, our physical well-being, we know we're in too deep. We know, it's how, how do we get out. Um, the reality is, is that we live in a broken world, right? There, um, the moment that Eve bit the forbidden fruit, what did she do? she was in the garden and she hid right she had anxiety and shame and that's when it entered the human experience so we're all we're all in this together it's not like oh well so and so suffers but i don't that's just not how it works even eve hid in embarrassment with adam worried about what god was going to say about what they had done in the bible anxiety is described as fear or worry or your heart being troubled I love, when you think about it, that God has been addressing this struggle of anxiety since the beginning. Um, We think we're wise, like in the modern age, like we have all these clinical definitions and we have lots of words that we throw at things. But God has been caring for humankind since he created them. And and we are his image bearers. And he, he understands the struggles that we go through. I do also, I want to pause and acknowledge that each of us has a different life experience before and after committing our lives to Christ. This history shapes who we are and how we respond to life. Some experiences are a result of our own poor, foolish choices. Others are consequences of sin, and we could all give examples of these. But sometimes, in a world under the curse of sin, it creates difficulties that we didn't, we didn't earn, we don't want, right? I mean, L- Ruth and Naomi, we know the, their story from the Old Testament. Their husbands died, and they were destitute. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't on them, right? Like, that's just living in the fallen world. Um, there are so many things that happen that are absolutely out of our control. Some of you have been molested or verbally abused. Some of you have had other horrors that have happened to you right? Many of you have been victims. However, these sinful acts occur. They leave scars, emotional scars, and sometimes physical scars that never go away, right? But this is not where the story ends. God doesn't leave us in that place of hurt. God knew the weight that each of us would carry, and the Lord laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. In John 16:33, Jesus is record- recorded as saying, "In this world you will have trouble, right? Not maybe. You will. But take heart. I have overcome the world." Jesus knew and Jesus knows right now today what we are going through. There is hope and healing at the foot of the cross. His yoke really is easy. And his burden is light. If you've been around here for a while, you hear that. And maybe it just sounds like something you've heard a million times. But it's not just like a a catchphrase. It's not meant to be glib. It is the truth and the power that is only found in the safe arms of Jesus. And the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I mean, otherwise, we suffer alone. We try to find other humans that can help us. We need Christ. So, my challenge to followers of Christ is believe God. That sounds simple, but it's not always so simple, right? Um, And to those of you who have a head knowledge of Jesus, but you have not surrendered to him, repent and believe in Jesus. Abandon your narcissistic or selfish ways. Surrender to him. The comfort that comes through the Holy Spirit is only available to God's people. The verses and the truths that I'm attempting to convey are not for everybody. They're for people who follow Christ. They're for all who trust in Christ alone, not only for salvation, but for daily strength, hope, and joy. In him is life, full of joy and peace. Have you guys ever heard that saying, uh, I'm just one beggar leading another beggar to the bread? Kind of a thing. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But uh, I was listening to a pastor, and he talked about. He's like, "I'm just one beggar, telling telling the other beggars, I don't bake bread. It's not it's not from me. We can't find it in ourselves. It comes from the Lord. So, how does anxiety affect our daily lives? So, I'm sure you all could instantly think of like 42 things, and we're going to get there. This is going to be a little interactive. I know I'm talking now, but your part's coming up. (laughs) So for me, uh, what it looks like is I'm locked in my head. Uh, It sucks the joy from my everyday life. Um, It leaves me reliving my sin or fixated on, like, how can I fix this? How can I manipulate whatever's going on to make it how I want it to be? One example from my life of something that the Lord has just completely taken away is I used to be super ang- anxious about um my mental health. My aunt committed suicide when I was 12, and so I always knew like that was a part of my story, right? Like that was hereditarily what could be my future. And the Lord that was one of those things that like just came to my mind like this last week like i don't worry about that anymore i'm trusting that if the lord brings something he's gonna help me to get through it right so that is just one example of something that the lord you i used to be fixated on that i used to spend hours researching you know what are the chances what's the probability what you know, are there signs you know, like trying to analyze my life to figure out if, if I was going to be next? Another thing that used to I used to spend a lot of time worried about um, was when Steve and I were first married. Um, I had ongo- ongoing anxiety about him dying. I was like, I would joke, like, he's older than me, men die young, right? Like, oh no, what's going to happen? I, I I spent a lot of time really stressed out about that. And the Lord just brought me to a place where I had to make a choice. Do I trust God to take care of me through Steve or through some other means? Like, he's just a person, right? He's just a man. Um, and thankfully, the Lord really helped me to, like, lay that down and go, you know what? I... I cannot control this, right? I don't know what how many days God has given Steve, but I need to enjoy the ones we have, right? Um, and this is when we were young, so you know, it just was a good opportunity for me to go. I have to believe God, right? I have to believe God. There's no other option. So another way that anxiety can affect our daily lives is that our bodies keep the score, right? But I twitch. Sleeplessness. I'm just talking about myself here. I'm not talking about you guys. I don't know how that anxiety crops up for you. Maybe there's lots of chocolate eating involved. I don't know. No, I'm just throwing that out there. But uh, for me, mindless eating, nervous habits. Um, these are all things when I go like, oh, wait a second. Maybe, Maybe I'm not trusting the Lord in this area, right? I have a really distinct memory from probably... Well, more than 10 years ago, but it has forever stuck in my mind. And we were having lunch, a bunch of us ladies from church together, and I, I made a joke about my eye twitch because I had this stressful situation going on. And somehow it cropped up in like this constant flutter in my eye, which of course, if you've had that, you know it's obnoxious. And my friend smiled and was like, you too? <laughs> and so I joked, do you have canker sores too? Because I got like a big crop. <laughs> and while I'm quick to joke, sometimes we need to know like we are not the only one. That's one of my main things tonight is, you, all, you are not the only one. We all struggle with anxiety about something the reality is it's a normal part of living in a fallen world right we are called to not be slaves to it though that's the unique part as christian women when we uh feel the sense of uneasiness or distress or dread coming what would happen if we saw it as a sign as we saw it as like a marker or a switch um, what if we came to recognize it as a signal to change the soundtrack on our minds? What if it was an opportunity to believe God? So I grew up in the era, era of burning CDs. And some of you, yes. So, And some of you may have tapes that you recorded your favorite song off of the radio. Or you might remember that, right? But And currently my girls, they, and me. Well, that's not why. I do it too. We curate playlists to like perfectly go with whatever mood we're in or what we're doing. Um, If you're at my house on a Saturday and it's time to like get cleaning and get moving, I'm going to holler, Alexa, play the Billy Joel station because that's my jam. Um, Or 90s country, if I'm going to be honest. Um, Or... If I'm cooking and relaxing, then I'll ask her to play some Coleman Hawkins, who's a famous trumpet player, because I want some good jazz. Um, These are the tunes that set the tone, right, for our mind, for what we're doing, and they help me stay the course, whether it's cleaning or cooking or whatever. In a similar way, I want to propose the idea that anxiety can be seen as an opportunity to change the playlist. Instead of just a curse or a burden to bear which it absolutely is, and sometimes it's a gateway to sin, it can be a summons to believe God. When I feel the anxiety well up and my inner monologue becomes worry and fixation on a situation I can't control, I know one thing for sure. Only one thing. I am not in control of it. (laughs) No matter how much I try to fix things. I am not in control. But I do know who is. God is the maker He is the sustainer. He is the all-knowing master of the universe. He is also my loving, gracious Savior and Lord. He alone can be trusted with the stressful, the dangerous, or the unfamiliar situation. So anxiety is my opportunity to choose to trust Christ. Uh, This became very clear to me when I miscarried my third child. Uh, I have been pregnant nine times but I only have five kids. So I'm one of the old moms now, strangely enough. So not a lot of people know this, but at that point in time, I had three beautiful kids, small, they were all little. I had already miscarried twice in between them. Um, but both of those miscarriages were in the first trimester. So my baby was very, my babies were very small, right? And this time I was in my second trimester. I had labored at home and delivered a dead baby in the ER. A baby we wanted. A baby just a few weeks away from being considered a premature, but living, viable baby. Um, It left me full of anxiety and asking God why? Why? Why couldn't I have that baby? Why, why? It was hard. And one of the things that I read during that time was this book, and I'm going to give it away later, but it's called A Sweet and Bitter Providence, Sex, Race, and the Sovereignty of God. It's by John Piper. And um, we did a book club on this. Um, a few of you are in there, and we're suffering with your own anxieties at that time. And um, it was just such a good opportunity for me to really once again go like, do I trust you, Lord? Do I trust you? Because I, I don't know what, what else to do, but I just had to deeply understand that Christ loves me and my babies more than I ever will and more than I can imagine. And God brought me to a place where I could say, It is well with my soul. In John 14, 1, Jesus is quoted as saying, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. He knew we would be grieved by sin and foolishness committed by us and to us. He knows the human struggle is real and difficult. But he has provided a way of hope and gentle mercy. He has given us the gift of a right relationship with God, the Father, through his own body and blood. So if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus... And repented of your sins, I plead with you to do so tonight. So I started memorizing this passage with crazy Paul Kalkanen, who's making us... He's not making us. Uh, So I fell off the bandwagon. But this is what I want to tell you about. As I was memorizing this passage, I got really excited because... Let not your hearts be troubled. I got excited because I know what kind of sentence it is. Because part of my job is to teach my kids English, right? To read, to write. We diagram sentences... And this, like seeing that this is an imperative. Um, so I teach my kids that there are four kinds of sentences. There are declarative, you're just stating something, right? There's interrogative, there's imperative, and there's exclamatory. And we always over exaggerate because we're trying to make, them make it stick in their brains, right? So when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is an imperative sentence. So, in an imperative sentence, if you guys can see, uh, there's no subject of the sentence. Do you notice that? Like, it starts with a verb, right? Let is a verb. It's an action, right? And then it gets a little bit complicated. But I I actually had to have a friend help me diagram this because it is convoluted. So, I'm just going to tell you that this part over here. Your heart be troubled is like one thing. It's an infinitive clause, and it's acting as a direct object. So, a direct object, we we got to go through the steps. But first, got to find out what is the subject in this sentence. So, we're saying something needs to let. Let not, right? This is an adverb that's changing our let to be a negative. So, this, I just have to do it, because, you know. So there is something that's implied in this imperative sentence every imperative sentence that's a command is implying a you (laughs) so just so you know this is you there's an implied you here so you are the subject is it a subject noun or subject pronoun thank you ladies that's my girls over there we do this every week together subject now let's see if I can write up here while I'm nervous. Okay, so we have the subject. The subject is us, right? You, oops, or in this case, in this actual passage, it's Jesus's disciples, right? He's saying, "Let not your heart be troubled." And so, when we emphasize this, we actually like do some finger, finger pointing, right? It's an imperative. It's a command. But this is not, like, a bossy, like, tyrant kind of a situation going on here. It actually just makes me think of, like, a loving, caring father. So uh, if you know me at all, you know that I am a little bit more of a bucket-up kind of a mom. Like, I'm not, you know, you fall off your bike, I'll be like, Oh, good, good, get up, let's go, let's go. And Steve is more of a compassionate, like, Oh, you skinned your knee. So in my mind, you know, I have to see this is... You have to just hear it. You just have to... um, Let me get it out. You just have to hear it with the voice that I think... I think if Jesus... I mean, this was Jesus speaking. And I think this is the type of voice that he would have had. It would have been compassionate and caring. It would have been like, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my house are many man, are many rooms, right? Rooms is the one we're doing. Mansions is the one I used to know. Uh, if it were not so, I would have told you. And he goes on and he talks about it. And the disciples are so confused and perplexed. I mean, Thomas comes at him and it's like, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know where to go? How do we know? And he just keeps with them you know that's when he says i am the way i am the truth i am the life no one comes to the father through me and then philip comes in and he's confused too and he asks another question and jesus just keeps loving them and keeps like answering their questions and keeps caring for them and then judas another judas not not the one that hung himself Um, but he's confused too so like the questions just keep on coming and Jesus is just like very gently caring for them and, and keeps coming back let not your hearts be troubled believe in God believe also in me okay that's my school my school teacher time but we're having more don't worry okay there are tools skills and habits that we can learn to help us combat our anxiety but On this side of heaven, the war rages, okay? I don't want you to give up. With the Holy Spirit's help, we will win battles and skirmishes, but we will also lose, right? I mean, it's not all a winning game. The beautiful part is that God never gives up on us. When we lose battles, God's not losing. He is faithful. Yeah, this is you've got to hear this part. He is faithful to complete the work that he began in us. That's what we need to remember. It's not about us doing all the things. It's about him. He is the faithful one. We, as God's daughters, need the truth of God's word and a continued persistence to correct the course and play a new soundtrack as the Holy Spirit leads. We need our minds to be continually renewed. The devil is a liar. He has been from the very beginning when he said to Eve, as God said, did God really say not to, to, not to nibble on that? Right? In the same way, he continues to bombard us with doubt and anxiety about the things we can't change and we're not in control of. Ephesians 6 talks about in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. When we practice using our shield of faith, it looks like believing God. It looks like reminding each other of who we serve. Sometimes we can remember in John 14, 1, when Jesus was pleading with his disciples, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And sometimes we need to have faith for our friends and remind them of the truth of Scripture. The weight of anxiety can feel like being drowned in an ocean that's deep. We have to be women warriors. We need to use the shield of faith to protect our hearts from the destructive anxiety of the evil one and to help protect each other. We must daily ask God to transform our minds, which are so susceptible to worry and to anxiety. Okay, I don't know if you guys, I live in a household with several teenagers. And um, we, I don't know if you all have seen The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. But you you could Google it if you want when you get home. But there is a scene where the elves, the elves are amazing. If you haven't seen it, you probably should just watch it. You should just buy it, whatever. But it is a great parable. Tolkien was an amazing storyteller in this in this one scene the the elves are preparing for like a last battle right they and they all line up in in order and it's just it's such it's so good they have these enormous shields and they bring their shields out and they're all in a line and they all bring their shields out and they they cram them into the ground So they're solid and they're placed. And then a whole other layer of elves comes and like blocks them. So there's like double layer of shields protecting them from the flaming arrows of the evil one. And then the other elves come flying over the top with their arrows drawn, ready to kill those suckers. And it is fantastic (laughs) because that is what we have to do, right? We have to be ready. We have to know God's word. There's probably multiple scenes in, that, in all of those movies that would be great for this. But that was the specific one. When they use their shields to protect one another. And then to provide a launching pad for those who were ready to fight. And we have to use our shields to protect ourselves and our friends too. The shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. That's what Jesus said. We need to remember, one of the tools we have to remember is that we need to fear God and not other humans. Often anxiety is due to our perspectives being out of whack, right? So there's an onslaught of things. This is going to be the active part, so get ready, get ready. There is an onslaught of things that our culture wants you to have anxiety about right and we're just gonna like call out some of the things that we're supposed to be anxious about or that we are the i'm not necessarily saying these are things that are bad but they're just things that we can be anxious about car safety (laughs) what was that safety children safety fire fire yeah Politics. Politics. I'll do politics. Camper. What else? Health. Health. Finances. Okay. Finances. Um, how about red dye? Any moms out there afraid of red dye? Hello. Um pulp and cheese. Cheese, right? What are they putting in our food? Cheese. Um, what else? Trampolines? Trampolines, people are afraid of tramps. Trampoline. (laughs) I got to put trampolines, huh? (laughs) And chips. They could be afraid of both. Sorry, I'm thinking of young. How about this? This is what my grandma's afraid of. DNR. She wants to make sure you know that's there. DNR. Relationships. Failure. Failure. Our bodies. Yeah. Image. Drowning. Drowning? I think somebody said that. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you personally or your children? Yeah. Oh, I'm terrified if my children ground. Your children. We swim like all the time. Yeah, yeah. Giving labor? Oh hey. <laughs> Having a baby? <laughs> oh sugar. Lots of people are afraid of sugar. What? Ah <laughs> ha 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 ha! Yeah. <laughs> Carol. <laughs> yeah, housing. <I'm> uh huh. <laughs> oh yeah new people disability mhm pain mhm oh that's a good one viruses the future Let's circle up <laughs> yeah right that kind of that kind of sums it all in maybe getting married staying married i mean we could go on and on and on and on right <sighs> there's a lot of stuff so how do we change the soundtrack how do we Preach the truth to ourselves and transform our minds. We have to believe God. In Ephesians, Paul follows talking about the shield of faith with taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. This in mind, keep on praying. So, we need to be women who protect our minds. If Christ has saved you, do your due diligence to protect your mind from the garbage our culture is slinging. That looks different for each one of us, but we all know when we got too much junk coming into our lives, right? So, the sword of of the Spirit is God's Word. So, I don't know much about swords, per se but I do know about other kinds of personal weapons, and I know that you have to practice with them in order for them to work well. And if you, or they don't work as well as they should, or because you don't know how to operate them, correct? So you have to be able to know your sword, know how it works, keep it clean, I'm assuming, Um, sharpen it, right? Um, Because we need to be women who can operate the tools that God has given us. Also, we need to be humble and keep our shields up. In 1 Peter 5, he talks about being sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And I just think we forget that. Like, there's a battle... It's something that we have to keep training for, right? Be alert and pray. Pray at all times in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests. We need to surround ourselves with the truth. That's why we're here tonight, right? To remember the truth. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So you need to identify and tell yourself, the, identify the lies that you tell yourself, and instead of listening to yourself about whatever, you need to preach God's truth to yourself. It can be as simple as saying to yourself, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. I mean, we need to do what we, what we can for these things, but ultimately God is in control. He's going to decide how my days are numbered. So other things that we can do is we are supposed to talk about and think about what is true, noble, right, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. And if you were at my house, I'd be singing this song because it's a, it's a song that I've been playing and singing since the girls were little. little my girls over here. It's a Seeds family worship song and uh so any way we can get god's truth into our minds is gonna be a good thing whether that's through song and that's i gave you guys a list of ways that you could do that write scripture read scripture sing scripture memorize scripture with us i was busy doing this for the last two weeks so i didn't memorize for the last two weeks but i'm gonna jump back in so if you want to jump back in too we're gonna be in john fourteen twenty-two. Here's my, this is not the Paul Kalkinen talk. This is the Trish Watson talk. Something's better than nothing. <laughs> so if I memorize five verses of this passage, that's better than nothing. So however you you can do it, get it in. Get it in. <laughs> so the other thing we're going to do is a simple exercise. I, as a teacher, I know that you can't just sit here and listen to me talk forever. There has to be some interaction. Or it's going to be, it's past your bedtime and we're going to be gonzers. So, one of the things that I'd like you to do is there are pens and there are 3 by 5 cards on the table. And there's also a packet that just has scriptures on it. And all I want you to do is look at those, pick one that you need to preach to yourself. And write it on the card. And it's yours to take home so that you can just... Uh, have a visual reminder you can stick it on the mirror in your bathroom you can stick it in your cabinet when you're cooking you can tape it to your dashboard but pick a truth that you need to remember this week or tomorrow i don't think you'll see it when you're driving home it's too dark but go ahead and write those out and we're gonna we're gonna go from there so even if it's a partial verse that's Fine. Or you can write, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. You can talk too. You don't have to be quiet. If you have another one that comes to your mind that you have in your memory bank, you can write that down too. These are just the random, not random, but the ones that came to me as I was. So as you're writing those down, what I would like you to also think about is... You know, we called out a lot of things that we can be anxious about, but I'd also like you to call out some things that are true about God. Oh, yeah. Yes. Let's see. Okay, so this is the Alpha and Omega. This is my shorthand for God. This is Omega. So that's God. God. I'm sorry, I lost it. Tell me again. What God sets in place. No man Right. God's, can I say God's word is final? He is faithful. Faithful, yes. Trust me. Oh. Good. Mm hmm. Strong. Loving. Is it going to keep the E there? I don't think so. Anybody? No? Yeah. Oh, you, you would. Pick a big word. Om. Is it S-C? Ha! I don't know if that's that right? He's just. Yes. Just. Uh-huh our shepherd read mm. mm, yeah. righteous righteous yeah anybody else Messiah refuge. Mm. That's good one. They're all good, but yeah. He's our refuge and strength. Helpful? Powerful. 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 Holy. Ah. Yeah, only a holy God can be all these things. Huh? Yeah. I'm sure we could keep going and going and going. So I can stand up here and I can say all these things like it's easy. But we all know that it's not easy to remember these things, right? That's life. This life with Christ is a life of baby steps, right? A couple steps forward, couple steps back, couple steps forward. It just is what it is. But isn't it kind that he just keeps on reminding us of who he is and the love and the care, the righteousness that he has for us because we are his children? You don't get that anywhere else. No person can can be this for us, can be a refuge and a shelter in the time of storm. There have been moments in my life where I developed lots of canker sores. I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't get up in the morning. I was a total grump because I was fixated and anxious about something or someone I could not change. Have you guys heard people say that Christianity is just a crutch? That's kind of a thing that people say sometimes who don't know Christ and uh, I love it because um, one of the things on your list there is to watch is to watch any of the Leaguegoner conferences and Harry Reader is a pastor and he was on one of those conferences I was listening to that Pam and Steve put me on to um, and I love Harry Reader. You know his southern accent, so that kind of helps. I don't, I'm, I'm just petty like that. If there's an accent involved, like be it Scottish or Hispanic, or uh, this is a southern accent, I kind of it makes it easier to listen to. I don't know what it is, but um, I love Harry Reader's truth that he um, says, he says, uh, Christianity is not a crutch, it is a complete life support system. I can do nothing without Him, but I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. We have to be women who remember who we are. If we are in Christ, then we have a solid foundation. We're not power brokers in God's economy. We are His beloved daughters. When you feel the sense of uneasiness or distress or dread the soundtrack of anxiety is beginning to play, take it as a trigger or a marker and do something good with it. It's time to preach to yourself, right? It's time to change the soundtrack back to the truth. We are humble servants serving the one true king. We can practice, and we have to just continue to practice obeying Jesus when he says... Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe God. This is who he is. And believe also in me. Thanks.